0: Oh boy. Well, Zach, um, I, I don't know what to say after that. I don't know what, what that was. Uh, I don't know what, where the Broncos go from here. Um, that was rough on many, many levels. So rough that it didn't even feel right to play our intro song. That that song is way too happy, uh, for the vibe right now.
1: Yeah. Just, just tears after that, Ryan. No, my boys, not, nothing fun. Um, to pretty much put this game into perspective, Devontae Booker was the best Bronco on the field today, and he's been gone for, you know, a few months right now, Ryan. He outrushed the Broncos. He had more touchdowns than the Broncos, and he had as many points as the Broncos. That is how bad this game was, and the Broncos didn't even try to keep him last year, so that's just the type of player that the Broncos thought he was, and... Uh, the Broncos got beat, not just in all three phases of the game, but when you break it down, they got beat in every single phase of every single phase. It was
0: ugly. Uh, and there's a lot of finger pointing that needs to go around. Uh, and Drew Locke, uh, you can you can never throw four, inter- four interceptions in a game. Ever, 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 ever. It can't happen. It's inexcusable. All of them but one were definitely his fault, in my opinion. The one at the end of the half, uh, there's a little bit of Jerry Judy involvement there. I thought he, on that route, you need to cross the face of the safety just about every time. Um, but even then, an ill-advised throw from Drew Locke, you can't be making that throw there because you're going to get points on the board no matter what as long as you make a safe throw in that position. So four, four interceptions – that are all bad. They all look really bad on tape, and the more you watch them, they just get worse. So it starts there. Got to be better from him. Pat Shermer, another bad game plan. Philip Lindsay touches the ball four times. Don't tell me what he had on the the four touches. You have to let that guy play. You can't just say, oh, well, it's not working, uh, so we're just going to abandon it. Um, Even Melvin Gordon didn't touch the ball enough, in my opinion. He actually played pretty darn well. Maybe I thought he was running as good as he's run all season. 11 carries, 46 yards. That's a 4.2-yard average. He needed to touch the ball more. Zach, I'm sure you have the exact drop back stat, um, but that's two weeks in a row where they drop back over 50 times in a game. It's not a formula for winning, uh, and it started early, and I realized that they were trying to take the runaway and, and sacking the box. Guess what? You signed Melvin Gordon because he's the best running back against stack uh, stack boxes in the league over the last three years other than Ezekiel Elliott. So bad from him. Terrible from Tom McMahon and his special teams units. Um, Vic Fangio, got to do better. Got to have your team more prepared. The Broncos defense, they had it going for a little bit there, and so I, I put them lower on the list, but you gave up 37 points. So guess what, Zach? It's another week. Four straight weeks of giving up 30 points or more. This is bad. And it's bad across the board.
1: It's bad every single place you look, Ryan. Drew Locke dropped back 51 times in this game. And between Melvin Gordon, Royce Freeman, and Philip Lindsay, they had 17 carries together. This is clearly a team now, Ryan, that cannot win. With, with, with Drew Locke carrying the team on the shoulders, uh, that is very obvious. At this point right now, Drew Locke is not good enough for that. Now, he's done it the past two fourth quarters, but when you look at the majority of the season, that is not a winning formula. And we found out today that, that Drew can't do that consistently. Uh, he, he's had two great fourth quarters, but Ryan, outside of that, it it's been nothing. So it's inexcusable. To be dropping back 51 times with him, especially when the game's still close at the end of that first half. I mean, very close. Vic Fangio, after the game, said... uh, I asked him what his message was to the team after the game, and he said that the second half was inexcusable. The first half was close. The, The Broncos played a really bad first half in many phases. The defense bend... But it didn't break. The offense was moving the ball, Ryan. The offense had 200 yards in the first half, 196 to be precise, and yet only six points. But they're still in the game. And in the second half, the the entire Broncos team just absolutely broke. So Ryan, Drew Locke is not the guy right now to be to be dropping back 51 times. You have to be doing other things. So yeah, the the blame it is all around. No one is without blame today.
0: Yeah, uh, but Zach, this team wasn't designed to be to ride Drew Locke. Like, you know, the whole offseason, we are talking about how, okay, you're going to have a good running game and a good defense, and Drew Locke is just going to have to steady things. And uh, it's especially not designed to be run by Drew Locke and, and for the, the offense to completely go through Drew Locke. When you have a fifth string right tackle in the game, the offensive line was brutal today. It's not all on them. Um, but the, the Raiders just pinned their ears back. The Broncos couldn't pick up blitzes, and Drew Locke got crushed back there. Uh, just one after another after another, he's getting work done on his ribs. He's coming back out there. You know, If I, if I can say one good thing about Drew Locke today, it's that he showed a lot of toughness. Um, other than that, it was pretty rough from him across the board. Uh, never got into a rhythm, made some nice throws, but probably the worst game he's played Uh, in his entire career in a game where the Broncos needed him to play the best game of his career or one of the best games of his career. So the offensive line was bad. (laughs) They couldn't run the ball. Uh, Drew Locke was bad. The game plan was bad. It's just, I guess, you know, when it all goes wrong like that, that's how you get blown out by a fairly average Raiders team. Derek Carr did nothing in this game. 16 to 25 for 154 yards. No touchdowns, no interceptions, and you
1: get blown out by 25 points. Just yeah. terrible. That's the only place that you could point and say maybe the Broncos weren't awful is their pass defense, but it's it's hard because Derek Carr didn't need to do anything, so it's not like the Broncos are just stopping him left and right. Uh, in fact, the, the Raiders hurt themselves the most. Darren Waller dropping an open touchdown. No, Nelson Aguilar dropping a touchdown in the end zone. Ryan, this game was so that now the Raiders are 6 and 3. So some people may say, "Okay, Broncos lost to a good team." According to Pro Football Reference with all the stats they compile and put in, the Raiders should have been about a, a, a 500 team entering this game. They just they they won some close games so it made them look a little better than they were. But Ryan, the Bronco, the, the Raiders have a bottom 10 defense entering today giving up to over 28 points per game. Broncos dropped 12. Broncos dropped 6. Before you know, the Raiders really went into prevent mode. Broncos unable to do anything. This offense, outside of two fourth quarters this year under Drew Lock, has really been inept. It is at a scary point right now for for what this means for the future. And the defense just bend, 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 and then all of a sudden, I mean, you can only bend so much before you break. They break, and holy smokes, special teams! Oh my goodness. And that happened, uh, that and the Broncos' offense really happened when the game mattered the most. I mean, what are you doing, Deontay Spencer? It Not only does he only get to the four-yard line, but Ryan, he runs in a circle. He turns his back the wrong way. What is going on? I mean, at that point in the game, it was the very beginning of the game, and you're already going, you've got to be kidding me. Yeah, yeah.
0: You know, those of us who have watched every Broncos game for the last however many years knew where this game was trending. When that was how it started, (laughs) Uh, it it was like, okay, it's going to be one of these today. Okay, all right, that's fine, whatever. Um, Yeah, I I don't think that's ever worked on a kickoff. Like (laughs) maybe you can maybe get away with that on a punt return because you know the field's a little bit more condensed. But when you're completely spread out going down the field. Just running in circles usually isn't getting you anywhere, especially when all the guys on the other side are taught to have lane, you know, um, discipline. So it was bad from the start. Uh, There should have been a Hunter Renfro return for a touchdown on a punt if it wasn't for the Raiders just being idiots. Uh, Completely unnecessary. The flag that was thrown on them, it had nothing to do with that being a touchdown.
1: We call that uh, a a domita peko play, right? Yes, we call
0: that the raiders just being the raiders. Like multiple times in this game, I was just like, man, they just really can never not just be the raiders. Like several dumb penalties on them, uh, and, and the worst part about that, Zach, is there was a there was a long time where the raiders being the raiders happened in the process of the broncos beating them, uh, and even when they weren't good, they found a way. Today, it was just brutal. And we are entering a dark, dark area, Zach. We are entering the is Drew Locke not the answer area, which a lot of people are already there. Um, but, it, you know, it's getting harder and harder uh, to be not in that area. Um, I'm not out on Drew Locke. Why? Mostly for the reason that there's seven more games. And as much as people want to whine and moan about it, he's going to be the quarterback for most of those seven games, I can't say all because I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, but we're entering a dangerous area where it's, okay, you need a new quarterback. We're entering a dangerous area where it's, okay, you need a head coach. I'm sorry, Zach. Uh, you can't you can't keep firing all these guys, but you also can't have a defensive mastermind head coach who gives up 30 points a game every game.
1: You're, you're 100% right. And, Ryan, it's not going to get easier. Next week, Broncos play the 6-3 Dolphins who are 3-0 Under their new quarterback, they have a great defense. They have a really good young quarterback who's not making any mistakes. Then you host the 7-2 and Saints. That's going to be fun. Then you go on the road in what is still a primetime game to play the Kansas City Chiefs, who are 8-1. and Have only lost to this Oakland Raiders team, by the way. And then you get your, your first team who has a losing record in this stretch. And the Panthers, look, they compete every single game. You're going on the road for that. Ryan, we are very much looking at a possibility of the Broncos not being favored in a single game this year. They haven't been favored up until now. They're certainly not going to be favored next week, even though it was a pick'em game before today. I think they opened as three-point underdogs. I believe that's what I saw on DraftKings Sportsbook uh, just after this game today, and they're not going to be favored again. So while the Broncos started 0 three, then they made a nice little comeback, and you know last week. They were at, they had a chance to be 500. Now we're looking at what could be a very very rough couple of months. And if it goes that way, you're 100 right. It's more than just looking for a, a new offensive coordinator, special teams coach, quarterback, head coach. It, it may be all of the above. So the Broncos will need to do something to stop this. And what was interesting was after the game today, Ryan Vic Fangio was asked, "Where is this team right now? Where is their headspace?" And he said. We're going to have to find out when they come back to work on Tuesday and Wednesday. I think that's a very real and honest answer from Vic. I think it's also a very scary answer.
0: It's a scary answer. The scariest thing I saw today was Tim Patrick excusing himself from the game. Like, don't tell me this was... I don't even... I Honestly, my take on this is that he wanted to leave the game. Like, he threw that punch knowing exactly what was going to happen. He went to the sideline, took his helmet off. Like, he was ready to be ejected. Then they didn't eject him, and he was like... Oh, okay. Puts his helmet back on, runs back out on the field, and then, you know, jogs off. Uh, that is a team that's lost their cool, and he has plenty of reason to be frustrated. You know, don't don't get it twisted. He, Everyone should be frustrated. But to me, that looked like a guy who was ready to hit the showers early.
1: Yeah, and just, j- Ryan, th- this team had been good, had been showing progress that Vic Fangio was getting them to be disciplined and be smart- there was none of that today. I mean, just when it felt like the Broncos were, were picking up some momentum, whether it was a pick, whether it was a stupid penalty, whether it was you know a dumb mental mistake, they did that in every single level of the game. And that's never, ever going to be successful. I mean, they, they raided more than the Raiders did today. And the Raiders tried to do that, yet the Broncos still lost by 25 points.
0: Yeah. Uh, and again, it was just bad across the board. Uh, and, Zach, the conversations, like, they just get tougher and tougher because if, like I said, you know, there are plenty of excuses for this team, and, and I feel like I've made them all. Uh, I've made the excuses for Drew Locke. I've made the excuses for Vic Fangio. I mean, half the damn team is injured. Um, but there's a competence that you need to see from a football team, regardless of who's out there on the field. And you, you just, especially today, did not see it. That was not a competent football team out there. Uh, the O line was a sieve. The quarterback's throwing everything off his back foot to the other team. Uh, it it just—it it was bad news. Bears, and, and I totally understand why the fans are pissed, uh, and there is apathy setting in, and all of those things. Uh, so I get it. But Zach, the conversations just get more and more difficult. So if you—if it's—if it if they're giving up 30, 40 points again, I don't know what they're gonna give up when they start playing really good offenses, which we haven't even seen yet. If that starts happening, okay, so you're you you got to fire Vic Fangio. Well, now that now you move up the, the ladder. Do you trust John Elway on another coaching search? Do you trust John Elway on another quarterback search? Um, because the
1: odds are stacking up against him in terms of you know whether
0: or not he's gonna be able to get this right at some point.
1: Ryan, everything is trending in the wrong direction for the Broncos. When you start on a very minuscule scale of, you know, Drew Locke and his performance this year uh, to the big stuff, now, if you do move on from Vic Fangio or you move on from Drew Locke at the end of this year, then all of that is trending down as well because when was the last time the, the Broncos had a good coach? Well, now you have to go back multiple coaches to when Gary Kubiak was here. When was the last time the Broncos had a good quarterback? Of course, you have to go on the quarterback carousel and circle around about 17 times before you get to Peyton Manning. And it, it's, it's tough. It, it's very tough. And right now, you know, uh, last week, it was all right there for the Broncos. They could go for four and four. Now we're talking about when are the Broncos going to get their next win at three wins. When's that next time when they're going to get the fourth? So everything is very quickly seeming to be just going out of control and off the rails.
0: Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, I, I hate being here, Zach, but here we are once again. We've reached a point where – It's not the worst thing in the world that the Broncos aren't going to be favored in a single game for the rest of the season because we know that they're not going to the playoffs. Uh, And once you're not going to the playoffs, you don't tank because no one does that. Uh, And we already know that John Elway definitely is not going to do that from the top. But when you lose, it's not the worst thing in the world. Uh, Now, I'll still remain when I say that the best thing for the Broncos uh, is for Drew Locke to figure it out. At some point, uh, you do not want to because look at what's happening across the league. Devontae Booker leaves the Broncos offense, has success. Isaiah McKenzie leaves the Broncos offense, has success. There might be a bigger internal problem than just going through all these quarterbacks that the reason I say this is because you might bring in another guy and he might go right down this path again. So you the, the best thing for the Broncos is still for Drew Locke to figure it out uh, and show and and develop. Today, he took a step in the wrong direction. He made, you know, he, last week he said, I'll, I'll make that throw off my back foot again. And he was right. Uh, he did it again uh, multiple times in this game. And it's going to cost him dearly when it comes to the end of the season where we're looking at his stats. Uh, because he's in an uphill battle now to even get to a one-to-one touchdown to interception ratio. So, Zach, just changing the quarterback again is no guarantee of future success. In fact, the odds are stacked against it right now, especially in terms of the people who are going to be in charge of choosing who that quarterback is.
1: Yeah, you're, you're 100% right. And so, Ryan, what's going to happen? I know it's driving some people crazy that the Broncos aren't putting Brett Rippon in, but that's not what they should do. You ride with Drew Locke for these final seven games. If he goes out there and throws no touchdowns and four interceptions, or I guess one touchdown and four picks, well, you know, that stinks in the short term. But that's great because then you're going to go three and 13, and you're going to have a chance at the top three, top four quarterback in this draft. Maybe a chance to trade up to number two if the Jaguars are silly enough to do that, but but then you get yourself your best shot at getting the next best quarterback, because you're right, Ryan, there's no there's no guarantee that that's even going to turn out. Let's say Drew Locke figures it out, and then the last six games of the season, I'll, I'll give him one, one week of a break. He just lights it up, you know, 18 touchdowns, four picks, something like that. Then you're saying, okay, he just needed time. And you know what? Some guys do need time. But Vic Fangio is not going to bench Drew Locke, and thank you for that, Vic, because that is not what should happen in this season after the game, Vic was asked about it. and He said, we're committed to drew the more he can play, the better he will be. He's got to fight through this. We're going to continue to play him. Now we'll find out if what Vic said about the, the more he can play the better he'll be because it's not looking like that right now. It's looking like the opposite. And if that's the case may not be the worst thing for the Broncos long-term. Let's say it is the case and he gets better. Then that's a great thing for the Broncos long-term. And like you said, Ryan, that's the best thing for the Broncos long-term, but just Brett Rippon, No, don't, don't go in. Do not do that. And I'm happy that Vic Fangio is not going to do that.
0: Yeah. I mean, I would, I could have made a case um, for bringing in Brett Rippon at the end of the game because Drew Locke was getting teed off on. uh, And again, you want to give Drew Locke a chance to figure it out. Um, There are plenty of cases of quarterbacks who have figured it out over time, the more they play. But uh, other than that, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, Like, It it just doesn't. You want to find out with Drew Locke. You got to keep, you know, sinking or swimming with Drew Locke. All right, Zach, we are uh, contractually obligated to call someone the king of the game. So uh, (laughs) we've got our king of the game. And uh, it's really the king of the team, king of the season, uh, king of the era for the Broncos. Let's bring it up.
1: Yay! Brandon McManus,
0: two for two on field goals. One for one on extra points and a 50-yard field goal from deep. Uh, That's, I mean, truly, Zach. I don't know. I I guess you could give it to Bryce Callahan. Would have been the other candidate here. But uh, it just felt like one of those days where the kicker is the only one who really – Really deserves this.
1: Yeah, he he's the only one and Ryan. You're giving the Broncos uh a little too much credit there. He didn't even kick an extra point because they had to go for two. Oh, and you're right. They, they didn't even get the two. That's that's one where you have to laugh. You know, you, you laugh through the tears because that's how that's how bad it was. Bryce Callahan, man, I gave him his his due credit in the game, and then he gets beat. He could have easily gotten beat for uh what would that have been, like a 50-, 60-, 70-yard touchdown if Darren Waller catches the ball. Maybe Bryce uh, catches him and makes the tackle. But, uh yeah, Bryce was probably the best player on defense. Josh Watson, maybe the best player on special teams, at least made the biggest play for the Broncos there, and uh end list for the Broncos. So the Broncos offensive special team player – or the, the Broncos – best player on offense was their kicker.
0: Yeah, uh, in my opinion. Uh, Jerry Judy, uh, you know, he continues to put good games uh, and good film out there. Um, he, again, I, I think he needed to run his route through a little harder on the pick in the end zone there at the end. Um, I, he probably just didn't think the ball was coming to him because he was very much covered. Um, but, again, that's a little gripe I have. Other than that, he was pretty good. Uh, he was open on another third down where the Broncos' right side of the line got absolutely mauled, and Drew Locke wasn't able to get it there. He was looking there. He wanted to throw it there, but he had to bail out of the pocket early because the right side completely collapsed. Um, it's, it's a calamity of errors for the Broncos right now. And unfortunately for Drew Locke, he's going to bear the brunt of the criticism, um, and that's, what, you know, that's just what comes along with being the starting quarterback of an NFL franchise. What sucks though, Zach, is that his supporting cast isn't helping him, uh, and that makes it so much more difficult for a guy like that to get, you know, to, to blend to kind of get going. Uh, he's gonna he's gonna struggle to get going because there's no running game to speak of right now, and that's on Pat Shermer. They're not calling good games, and that's on Pat Shermer. The offensive line can't block anyone right now, and it's all kind of coming down on drew's shoulders but as a guy who's trying to learn and develop he's not good enough right now to be able to handle all that like you mentioned in the beginning so it sucks for him because he's going to be the one taking the brunt of this and he's he's regressing or at least he did this week because of the fact that he is having to try and do everything without getting much help around him
1: yeah, it's it's tough. I mean, it, what's crazy is when you look at these numbers. Jerry Judy had four catches on eight targets. Eight targets is a lot, and it still didn't feel like enough. It feels like Jerry Judy, especially without Cortland Sutton, especially when Tim Patrick's thrown out of the game. Jerry Judy needs to be getting like twelve targets a game. Uh, you know, it's crazy. Before that final drive in total garbage time, where the Bron- there was no chance of them coming back in the game, Jerry Judy had forty three receiving yards. That can't happen. Uh, you know, just the running game was so inept. Drew Locks getting hit. Drew Locks said that he was fine after the game, just a little banged up. Uh, Vic Fangio said he had a little something in the game, but the trainers and Drew said he was fine. It's it's tough. And then of course Josh Jacobs on the other side. We knew that that was going to be a very tough part to stop. Ryan without without uh, the the entire first string defensive line for the Broncos. Josh Jacobs goes for a hundred rushing yards and. Three quarters. They didn't really even use him in the fourth. He finishes with one twelve on the day, and Devontae Booker goes for eighty one, and then you had Derek Carr go for another ten. So another two hundred yards on the ground against this Broncos defense. It's th- there's there's no bright spots from this game.
0: Yeah, uh, very few. Bryce Callahan is is the one, or well, I'll say like that guy played a pretty damn good game. Uh, it's a uh, it's rough. It's really rough. And this was a do-or-die game uh, as far as I was concerned, Um, especially with the schedule just kind of snowballing from here. It definitely doesn't get easier, Zach. It gets harder and harder and harder and harder. So uh, good luck uh, because it's going to get more difficult and it it could very
1: much get ugly. If the Broncos won this game, Ryan – And then they would have to beat the Dolphins as well. But then we'd be talking about if they were to make the playoffs and sneak in, even as a seven seed, we'd be talking about how this Broncos team could actually make a legitimate run in the playoffs because it would have meant that they would have beaten a lot of good teams. On the flip side, since they didn't win today, since they didn't win last week and they're looking at three and six, you look at the opposite and you say, they may not win more than a game, more than two games, three games right now, as crazy as it seems, to go six and ten. I think would be a win just with how bad it looks. So, unfortunately when you're at this point of the season, Ryan, and some fans absolutely hate this, but is winning three games in the best interest of the Broncos down down this final seven? Probably not.
0: Yeah, all right, we got our guy Mace here. Let's bring him in. Mace, how you doing, my guy?
2: I'm doing much better than the Broncos. I mean, I most I, of us I, are. Yeah, I got to spend a Broncos Raiders game on the road in a functional stadium where the plumbing works. There's
1: not mice running around.
2: Yeah, no, no mice that I've seen Uh, uh, on the positive side, guys, when we get on the opposite side of this pandemic, this is going to be a must visit for Broncos fans in terms of taking a trip to Vegas and checking out a pretty awesome stadium. And Oh, by the way, turning an arcs rivals stadium orange. But that's about it. There's nothing good about today. It's all about, okay, in a couple of years, might be a lot of fun to play this game. Today, this was freaking brutal.
0: Yeah, it it was brutal, and yeah, that was about the most exciting conversation we had here at the DNVR bar today. It was just (laughs) uh, oh, man, we should put together like a DNVR family retreats to (laughs) Las Vegas for a Broncos-Raiders game next season. Uh, Hopefully we get that opportunity. But just brutal, uh, Mace. Start with just your biggest takeaway from this game, and, and then we'll move into kind of what you heard in the pressers.
2: Well, let's face it: the, the rest of this season now, you're three and six. Barring a miracle, you're not going anywhere. So the the rest of this season is referendum on Drew Locke. And while things didn't weren't done to help him today, he cert- he was under a lot of pressure. He made bad decisions under pressure, just too many just too many of them. And it, it sort of comes back to something I feel like we've discussed after earlier games is that he's not correcting the mistakes. We're seeing some similar things week to week. Certainly um, no one expects the progress to be a straight incline, but now at best it's just kind of on a straight line, if not trending down. And, and so big picture-wise – uh, th- that's the concern that we're seeing him make a lot of the same mistakes. We're seeing issues not get corrected.
0: Yeah, that's that's the big the biggest issue for me today uh, is not only did he make the same mistake that he made last week, he made that same mistake on three separate interceptions. Yeah. Uh, and and I, yeah, I think three separate interceptions. So yeah. the problem is though, you know, and w- we can go in circles on this all day. If he's not throwing off his back foot, he might not be throwing any at all ever. Um, because he's being forced on his back foot on you know three out of every four plays. Uh, what do we hear from uh, the coaches and the players after the game?
2: Well, I mean they're 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 upset, understandably. I mean, I, I was asking Dalton Reisner, you know, I was going to ask him just his emotions, and I'm trying to figure out okay, how do I frame this if I ask him this? And so I framed it in, "Hey, you're from Colorado, you you know all about this. Just what are your feelings?" And I didn't even get a chance to finish the question. Before he said unacceptable and he came back to that word several times in the course of his availability with the media unacceptable and you know what we get that and you know you hear the usual things from guys about how this team's going to this it, it's going to stick together it's not going to fracture but at the same time you've got to see better results and this and in particular you got to see better results earlier in the game that's another thing it's just so frustrating about this is that your sit is even though the deficit wasn't what it has been after the first half because the defense really, I thought, held its own under some adverse circumstances in the first half of this game before it ultimately got worn down. But it's the same thing week after week after week, just digging these holes uh, because the offense can't convert on its opportunities, can't get it done in the red zone the first half. I mean, that's – and I think uh, you're kind of seeing this team It may not be splintering in the locker room, but in terms of kind of the emotionally, it feels like it's at a breaking point and uh, either you fight back or this thing gets totally out of control.
1: Yeah, and what's really tough Mesa, as we all know, these next few weeks are going to be very tough for the Broncos to show some fight going up against an undefeated Dolphins team with two as their quarterback, the Saints and the Chiefs. If this team has fight, though, it, it's not necessarily going to be winning these games. They need to be competitive in these games, and maybe maybe we feel a little better. It's going to be moral victories, if there's victories these next couple of weeks, very very likely. But you come out a, a, against the Dolphins, they're a better team than the Raiders, in my opinion. They're going to whoop you more than 25 if you have a similar performance. Against the Saints, they're going to whoop you by more than 25. And against the Chiefs at home on Sunday night football... Andy Reed, oh my goodness. I that, that's that's going to be rough. So this if this team doesn't show any fight, it will be very bad in just a couple of weeks.
0: What sucks yeah. so much for this team is that they it's just this isn't the team, you know? Like this is a patchwork group uh, and I think that adds to the frustration for this team is, you know, heck even when you get something going with Albert Oquabana, he goes down and gets injured. Uh, and I and I just, you know, for the front office and for the coaching staff, I just wonder how much they're taking that into account. Um, but regardless of all that, and I do think the Broncos would have been a, a lot better team this year if they had their full slate of players. I think that's inarguable. Um, but this is four straight seasons where you were three and six through nine football games. Anywhere else... That GM is is getting canned. That's yeah.
2: A, that's a lot of meaningless football down the stretch. Oh yeah. And I I think uh, I, I texted you guys that I think this game broke me. I think one of the things that broke me is the fact that it's we're, we're, we've seen all this before. We've seen three and six before. We keep seeing these bad first halves digging these huge holes week week after week after week, and you know it's 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 numbing. I mean, uh, but when I was Flying out here last night, guys, I was thinking about how the Broncos need to win this game for a lot of reasons, but selfishly, I wanted them to win because, hey, at least then we can talk about this season and the playoff possibilities and all that for at least another week or two. We can kind of keep hope alive. And Now, once again, guys, we're just kind of figuring, playing out the string, and we're probably having draft conversations starting in the next few weeks here.
0: Yeah, the weird thing is every year before this one, it was very clear what you're talking about when you're talking draft, and that's quarterback. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think we're trending in that direction again. Um, The it's just so weird uh, to have that conversation and to have it with John Elway because it's just the you know he is the constant over this four-year stretch in which the Broncos have been largely uncompetitive uh, in the division and, and in many games. Uh, and if, if, if Drew Locke is not the guy, how, how can you feel comfortable going back to John Elway to find the guy?
1: You know what? Someone, I believe in our comment section, maybe it was on Twitter said Lincoln Riley head coach. In fact, I think it was in this comment section, Lincoln Riley head coach in 2021 for the Broncos. Now what's crazy about that is Lincoln may turn that down. He may say, nah, I'd I'd rather go somewhere else. But one thing that, that, that it made me think of was Lincoln Riley or a type of guy like that, like a top tier caliber coach is going to want general manager duties. And maybe that's how John Elway, you know, kind of takes a step back is by saying, "Okay, I'm not going to bring in a new GM. I'm not going to fire myself. I'm not going to bring a counterpart in here, but I'm going to bring a head coach in and I'm going to give him more responsibility. And Ryan, maybe that's how it works out is John Elway sees where this is. He sees where it's been since Peyton left, and he doesn't have to publicly take a step back or anything like that, but they they know when they bring in Lincoln Riley or another head coach that, okay, this guy's going to get a lot of say, and then John can say, maybe Lincoln will be able to find help me find a quarterback, and I'll be the GM when that happens. That would be an area of hope. Maybe I'm being too optimistic, but maybe that's how you feel more comfortable about it.
2: Zach, I salute your optimism as always, but... <laughs> You're Lincoln Riley, you're 37 years old, and, and unless things go in the tank in Norman, you're going to be able to pick your job, pick your perfect situation. Why would you go to an organization where they have unsettled ownership and uh, who knows what's going to happen when this lawsuit starts going get, gets, starts going through the courts? courts, it's back on the docket for 2021. Why would you come here when there are going to be better gigs if you just sit and wait for the right one?
0: the you he already has the better gig uh, the idea that like all these coaches need to go to the nfl is crazy to me you get paid just as much and you get to control what players you get like you basically have the first round pick the the number one overall pick every year if you want it uh you're you're going up against like four other schools for you know the number one overall pick if you're not getting him you're getting the number four overall pick at quarterback you know whatever you want don't go to the NFL. That's my advice to Lincoln Riley. Uh, even though, you know, it's, it's looking pretty good for Cliff Kingsbury. Well, he probably would have just stayed at Texas tech if he was actually successful enough there uh, and was able to get a defense together. So don't leave, don't leave. Stay, stay right where you are. Uh, you know, I feel like I'm Billy Madison. Stay
2: as long as you can. <laughs> well, I mean, you can't, with, with Cliff, who knows if he leaves, if he can't select his quarterback. I mean, everything just lined up perfectly. He goes to Arizona. He gets somebody that he trusts that can do the things that he wants, that, that can do the things that he wants to do. And obviously because, you know, Texas Tech and Oklahoma, they're all kind of in that same realm in terms of being a offensive philosophy. He knew through those connections what Kyler could do. And so it, it worked out brilliantly. I mean, it's – you know, and, and I would say your logic even goes to a couple other names that I've seen starting to pop up on the list. I've seen Ryan Day from Ohio State pop up on some of these candidate lists. Luke Fickle from Cincinnati. Why? Well, you got it made at these places. Why would you leave?
1: Yeah, yeah I mean.
2: Yeah, yeah you do.
0: If, I, if I'm any of these guys, I never even consider leaving college
2: football, especially
0: if I'm at a Blue Blood program. Luke Fickle is a different scenario. Um, but for him, like, I would just wait until a Blue Blood program wants to hire me and then i'll take that job coaching in the nfl is a different beast it's way more difficult and you know and a lot of guys i think have like the call of the wild where they want to prove that they can do it at the highest level and i respect that uh, a lot but my advice to them would be just don't
2: my advice would to luke fickle be talk to scott frost because there are because cincinnati is one of those jobs that's probably better than at least half of the power five jobs at this point. So, yeah, it, think twice before making that move.
0: Maybe uh, maybe undefeated <laughs> head coach Carl Durrell gets the call to the big, <laughs> big. Uh, I one.
2: I thought you wouldn't give him up at this point. I mean, everything's Go going so great. You've got CU in the playoff. He's the GOAT. In
0: the playoff. i just said many people are asking
1: <laughs> maybe here's what you do guys you bring peyton manning in to be the quarterback coach and then you build from there
0: oh of course yes the, the peyton manning quarterback that's a classic um okay last conversation i want to have here and, and you can take this across the whole season or we can just talk about this game uh so let's just start i guess with this game who is most at fault for what went down today as the Broncos lost by
1: 25 points to the Raiders? Zach, I'll start with you. Drew Locke. And to, to me, it's easy. Like we said to start the show, it's everyone. But the most to blame is Drew Locke. Guys, the Raiders had five takeaways as a defense coming into this game. Five total. The Broncos had five today. Drew Locke was responsible for four of them. That's inexcusable. In- inexcusable. A quarterback a great quarterback is supposed to be able to raise the talent uh, of everyone around him. Today, Drew Locke lowered it uh, substantially for everyone. He did not give the Broncos a chance in this game. And the rest of the team, well, I shouldn't say the rest of the team, the defense at least for half of the game gave them a chance. And and Drew Locke did not do it. So to me, uh, it, there's no more excuses. Today it was absolutely Drew.
2: I, I hate yeah, I hate to be an echo chamber on on what Zach said, but you know what? Everything you said, Zach, is, is spot on, right down to the fact that your, your defense did give you a shot. You weren't sitting there at halftime uh, down by two scores. Your defense was coming up with stops. It was keeping you in it. Yeah, nice little assist from Nelson Aguilar dropping a potential touchdown pass there late in the second quarter, but your defense was keeping you in the game. It was giving you a fighting chance, and Drew Locke just making poor decisions i mean the, the both the, the the two interceptions in the first half just incredibly poor cho- poor choices that uh real, that kept you from being in front at, at, at halftime and uh it's th- this is one of those things where yeah like vic fangio said everybody's fingerprints are on this but who's are the most culpable unfortunately it's the quarterback it's number three
0: Thank you for that that nice comment there, Levi. Yes, we needed a little, needed a little pick me up today. <laughs> um, I can't, I just, I can't disagree with you guys today. Uh, you know, like I said, I, I, there's a lot of reasons why Drew Lock is not playing well, uh, and Drew Locke is one of those reasons. And today he was his his own worst enemy. Um, he didn't have protection and that sucks uh but you cannot just give the ball to the other team i mean a couple of those interceptions were just easy pickings so why did the broncos get get blown out because they turned the ball over five times and four of those times were drew locks fault uh, and it honestly should have been worse you, you mentioned the agalor td there's also a darren waller td that should have happened if he didn't drop the ball so uh, uh, drew you just can't do it um you don't have help from your offensive line. You're throwing off your back foot for a reason, but you can't. Uh, You can't make those throws over and over again. You know, last week he made an incredible back foot throw to Jerry Judy up the sideline. Those are the kind of ones that you can get away with because it's up the sideline in single coverage. You're not throwing it off off your back foot into the middle of the field where, you know, a little bit of error here and there ends in a pick. So too many bad decisions. Um, I can excuse a lot of different things but just throwing it up and playing 500 out there it, it's inexcusable so uh, I think drew takes the bear of the uh, of the brunt today uh, but unfortunately the problem with uh, with the Broncos and the problems with this team and this offense go go much much deeper than drew.
1: Yeah, and as uh, the Oso Blanco realized, my my sad plant is now in plant rehab. And, guys, that's what the Broncos need right now. They need some football rehab. And uh, maybe by the time my plant has some life, the Broncos football team will have life as well. Hopefully it's soon.
0: Yeah, someone on Twitter said, are you guys uh, going to talk about how the hold in the end zone just sums it all up? And it's true. Like, the Broncos make a great play. Great play call, Pat Shermer. Good job. Uh, and Noah Fant just gets a little unnecessarily grabby, did mm-hmm. not affect the play. Like if he just pushes him with his palms flat, uh, this is a touchdown still. It gets called back a holding the next play is an interception. And, and this goes back to a conversation we've had for a long time, which is that the Broncos aren't good enough uh, to overcome those things. You know, we, we talk about this. Patrick Mahomes probably scores a touchdown on the next play or two plays later. The Broncos' offense is not good enough. Their margin for error is very slim, and so when they score a touchdown and they take it off the board, <laughs> you hope it's only a four-point swing. Uh, but in this case, it ends up in a seven-point swing, and that really is just a microcosm of what this what's what's going on for this team right now.
2: It's a microcosm, and also, a, kind of the reaction bothered me because it's a clear hold. I mean, you don't. It's he doesn't have to do it. But you got your arm around the guy and you're grabbing the back of his jersey. The, the officials there, if it affects the play or if it's in the vicinity of the play, he's going to call it. And then Noah Fant's kind of pleading his case. And I'm thinking, come on, man, you got caught. You got caught red handed. You held. You shouldn't have held. You didn't have to hold, but you held.
0: <laughs> yeah. And again, you he had such a physical advantage on that guy. Uh, you don't have to grab him, and I think what happened is he just didn't know which way Drew was going to go if Drew's going to cut up or cut out. And so, when Drew cuts outside of him, he you know, instead of just moving his feet, he kind of just got grabby, and that's easy for the ref to see. It sucks, and in the commenter's right, it's uh, it's very much you know, it sums it all up for the Broncos,
1: yeah, it, it, it does. Mace, my last thing for you is what was <laughs> Drew Locke's mood like after the game? Was he, uh, did, did it seem like he was very down? Because if the Broncos are going to have any shot of turning this around, and honestly, if Drew Locke is going to be able to prove to the Broncos that he's the guy,
2: it's it's all on his shoulders. He seemed down. And, uh, I mean, uh, unfortunately, I mean, that's what we've seen uh, talking to Drew Locke here after the game uh, uh, three times in the last four games. He's down, and uh, he's, he's searching for answers. I mean, I, it's, you know, I, sometimes when you're in that scenario, you're trying to think of a way to phrase the question where, it's not going to, to sound you know like it's just twisting the knife, and so I, I actually asked him to say, okay, were there anything? Was there any surprises from the Raiders? Anything, any different coverages that they threw in? Any anything that was not on the film? And he said, no, everything was there. He's put just threw it to the wrong guys. And so, I mean, on I hear that and I'm like, oh man. I mean, at least if they threw something unexpected at you, then you could say, well, I mean, it was a new look. We were a little bit confounded. But if everything that you saw today coverage wise was there before and he made those throws. Not good. Not good at all.
0: Yeah, and again, it's just him trying to do too much uh on throwaway plays. I mean, you look at those interceptions. There's usually a free rusher coming right at him. Mm-hmm. Just gotta learn to throw it away or take a sack. Uh and I just don't think he has that in him right now because he knows that if the problem goes, you know, punt uh on these possessions then they're probably out of the game because they're coming from behind in just about every single one of these games so right it's a it's a tough situation to be in um but it's it's i don't know how how it's getting fixed anytime soon that's the hardest thing for me is uh i i don't know if this is the right coaching staff i don't know if it's the right quarterback i don't know if it's the right gm and we know for a fact that it's not the right owner uh because there isn't one so this is a it's a this is a an intersection for the Broncos. Uh, and I wish I had the answers for how it's all going to get turned around, but they uh, they've got, they've got a long ways to go.
1: Yeah. And as, as Andrew Romero points out in the comment section, why does our rebuild take five and more years? We're seeing other countless other dumpster fire teams completely turn it around much quicker. What I rebuild? guess that's, yeah, right, right, exactly. And that's probably where it starts, Ryan, is admitting that that you have to start somewhere, that you have to rebuild. And that's kind of the bummer of where the Broncos are at, is just it's another year that's another three and six start. On the encouraging side, though, I'll end with some optimism that shows you that you can turn this around a lot quicker than the Broncos are doing. So maybe it's not another five years, maybe it is one or two years. I mean, you see what Kyler Murray did today. Holy smokes, Ryan, your guy at the very end of the game. The hell, Mary, you see what the Dolphins are doing with Tua. Now theirs was certainly a long rebuild, but now it's starting to turn around from them. There's young teams that that are looking really good right now. And the Broncos have a lot of good pieces. It's just certainly not coming together. I'll, and
0: I'll finish with some optimism too. Um You're trending towards having a top 10 pick. And whether you end up taking a quarterback with that pick or taking someone else with that pick, you are going to hopefully, if you get it right, add an elite talent to a already really full group of good young players. And when you do that, and then you bring back Von Miller most likely, and you bring back Cortland Sutton, and you you go through the whole list of all the guys who were uh, out this year uh, and injured – then you might be one of those teams who has one of those turnarounds that everyone says, wow, how did they go from three and 13 or 4 and 12 to you know uh, 10 and six or 11 and five and, and that's how you do it is you nail draft picks uh, and you get these situations figured out and you're healthy you know a lot of these teams that turn it around quickly have great bills of health so uh, you're gonna have, probably have a chance. To uh to get a really good player and add him to this young core.
2: Well, if you want to do that, then maybe what you need to do is go one and six the rest of the way, go four and twelve and be sitting kind of where the forty ers were uh back heading into twenty nineteen when they were able to pick really high and uh and get Nick Bosa and add him to that. That's maybe that maybe you just need to bottom out the rest of the way here against a, a pretty t- a pretty demanding schedule.
1: Yeah. Holy absolutely. oh my gosh. It's it's crazy to think that, you know. The Broncos maybe could be in a situation where they got the best non-quarterback in the draft. But then, of course, if you're talking about that, you're probably talking about a quarterback.
0: Yeah, probably, probably. Well, we're going to have plenty more uh, conversations about this as the week goes on. You can, of course, catch us on the DNVR Broncos podcast all week. Uh, For those of you watching on YouTube, we'd love if you hit us with a thumbs up, even though the game wasn't a thumbs up. Hopefully you thought our performance was uh, was worthy of a thumbs up. Uh, you can, of course, always subscribe ding, to ding, our ding. channel as well. You can get set up for alerts when we go live. Uh, but for today, that's going to wrap it up for us on the DNVR Broncos postgame show. Shout out to Breckenridge Brewery for presenting these. We will talk to you guys on the podcast tomorrow.